0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. We're live here on Real Presence Live. Father Brian Christensen and Karen Gebus are your diligent hosts today we're calling the shots I'd like to pretend in fact it's Eli calling the shots back in Fargo but right now we are going to straight talk straight talk is a segment where your questions about the Catholic faith as well as things that are going on in the world around us can be answered father Brian is on his toes ready to take any question you throw at him I don't know. Do you got the hard gloves or the soft gloves on today?
1: We are ready to handle anything that comes our way. We'll right. catch them and throw them back.
0: Catch them and throw them back. That sounds good. <laughs> well, the number to call is 877 122 And we have some questions to get us started. Father. Sure.
1: What's, uh, what's on tap first off as we enter into street dog here?
0: So, the first question is off of Facebook. Now, that brings up a good point. You can go to Real Presence Radio Network on Facebook, look for the picture of Father, and comment on that post. And that question will be transmitted to us, and we will read it. So here it is. Robert wants to know, whatever became of the Apostle Peter's wife, and did he have any children?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, as we look to the Scriptures, we don't have any indication uh, specifically of what happened to the, um, Peter's wife or if he had any children. We do know that, you know, he was hanging out in his mother-in-law's house, right? Jesus goes to the house in Capernaum, uh, and, or his house where his mother-in-law is, lays ill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus performs a miracle in that family in a beautiful way. Um, but we don't have any details of his wife her name, the children, which is very, very interesting just in the history of the church that um, the tradition of of the apostles is that, you know, they went and followed Jesus um, and they gave their lives wholeheartedly to Christ and the church. It's one of the basis of the teachings of celibacy, you know, for priests in the Catholic tradition um, and even in the Eastern churches that bishops, you know, must be celibate men that they model after the apostles. So um, somehow they take the apostles who were married, such as Peter, either his wife had passed away, right? That's a possibility. His wife um, was taken care of by other relatives that he mm, didn't shirk right. his responsibilities right. as a provider, as a husband. And uh, if he was a father to children, that they were taken care of in some way by family members or, or other relatives. So um yeah, we don't really have a good answer for that, except well, that he did, you know, right. go off and to, to follow Christ unreservedly.
0: Well, and we know that Christ, um, in his wisdom, would have instructed Peter to, to take care of his wife and his children, had he had them. But, you know... Th- so we know that it wasn't as if he they're, they're not mentioned in the Bible or they're not that because they were cast away. No,
1: cast not off. at all. I mean, I, again, you look at the teachings of Jesus and the apostles and the whole Catholic tradition with regard to marriage and family. It's a beautiful teaching. Right. And that begun, begins right at the start. And Jesus' own words. So that there was any way that... You know peter's wife or children if there were children and that's not certain were ever neglected in any way yeah right. certainly not right. certainly not
0: well thank you robert for your question on facebook if you have a question for father brian you can call 877 795 and we have two open lines so don't feel like you have to wait in line
1: Jump on board. Jump
0: on. Jump all in with a question for Father. All right. So there is another question that uh, I received. Now, uh, because of the pandemic and the situation with the dispensation currently in play in a lot of areas. Dispensation
1: from Sunday Mass and Holy Days of
0: Obligation. um, We have had probably for the first time ever... numerous opportunities to watch the mass online on tv or listen to it on the radio here like on here in real presence uh, radio or get on to ewtn or all those places i know that there it has been available to those in the you know prior to this but now we have so many more Mm -hmm. options that we can we can take advantage of now in the media If you're watching a live Mass, let's say we get onto the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Helps Facebook page and we watch your Sunday Mass or your weekday live Mass or whatever. What kind of blessing is there associated with a live Mass that you're partaking in from a distance but live?
1: Sure. No, I think uh, it's a great question. As you say, it's widespread now. Um, Parishes across our listening area are transmitting daily Masses, Sunday Masses, other... Um, devotions on on the internet um, through different media sources on their web pages our dioceses are doing it and as you said uh, here on Real Presence Radio as well um, you can listen to mass and other devotions and stuff So, um, first and foremost um, it's not the same as being there Right. Right. So there's an immediacy, there's a proximity to the celebration of the sacraments and and participation in sacramentals um, that has a, a certain immediacy to it. Um, but having said that, right, it's different. Right. That doesn't mean there's, there's not graces, you know, to participate that foster our prayer, allow us to enter into um, the hearing of sacred scripture, to even join in in the Eucharistic prayer. Um, during that time that we ent- it fosters our prayer and so there's great blessings that are associated uh, with that graces that come to us through even this transmission through technology
0: so if you were to go watch um, the mass from last year sometime or when we when the coronavirus started and we had a whole bunch of masses up on Facebook and YouTube for real presence live that would like Heather was saying that was part that's how we started real presence live was with The daily mass, which was a very beautiful opportunity to hear the daily mass by local priests, not just somebody over at EWTN or somebody, you know, wherever. Now, if you were to go back and watch those masses today, would you gain any grace, any benefit from that mass?
1: Yeah, I think there is benefit to that. Again, that whole, uh, you're in the scriptures, you're in the prayers of the church, um, but again, there's a principle that's kind of laid out um, with regard to and even Pope Francis said this early on in the pandemic that um, we should, uh, as, as best as possible, join into the celebration of the mass um, and when it's transmitted live. There's something about that, you know, doing it at the same moment as that celebration, as that sacrament is being celebrated, that we participate more fruitfully as a way. But if you think about it, many people will listen to something like Divine Mercy on a recording or an yeah. MP three recording or on the radio. And the same with the rosary. They may put the radio uh, the the uh the rosary in their, you know, on their phones, phone, on or, their something, phone yeah. or something like that and, and it aids them, right? There's a grace there that's that's uh, necessary. But as far as participating in the mass that's pre recorded, as far as the graces of the mass itself, right? The, right. The, the, the indulgences that come from participating in the mass, those are not possible by that remote and recorded, uh, record, you know, transmission right. of it in a recorded right. way. Um, there's an interesting thing, you know, the, the plenary indulgence from, that's associated with like the Ubi um, et Orbi blessing of the Holy Father. And even on his regular Sunday Angelus, he says, they say specifically from the Vatican that anyone who are joining us live, right, at okay. the moment, live um, for this moment Um, are able, live through radio or television or the Internet, are able to receive the indulgence, the blessing. That's the only place where it's specifically stated that this transmission at this moment, if you're live with us, that indulgence will apply to you, along with all the other conditions of the indulgence, of the plenary indulgence. But that's the only place where we see that, and that's um, in the church's documents on the Enchiridion for indulgences.
0: Well, we have... um Two open lines still. So call 7950122 Any question is on the table. Maybe you have a question about um, when does you know when does the Christmas season actually start? How long does the Christmas season actually go? Um, I, I mean, we can try to stump Father. You know he's smart, but I know there's a lot of
1: there's a lot out. We have a rich, deep, wonderful faith, and uh, I'm still learning uh, so much about the wonders of our faith. But uh, yeah. Give it, a, give it your best shot. There's a lot of great things to know about our sacramental life, yep. moral life, these liturgical celebrations and seasons that we're entering into here with Advent and soon the Christmas season and back to ordinary times. Time, so, yep.
0: yeah. Which really sounds ordinary, but it's not.
1: No, I mean, everything's extraordinary in God's plan. and. So even ordinary time, this ordered time yeah. uh, that we uh, have throughout the life of the church, um, is really fantastic. So, did your family celebrate the beginning of Advent in any particular way, Karen? Yeah,
0: or? we have um, we have the Advent wreath like we always have. Our candles are burning quite quickly this year. I'm I'm thinking I might have to go get a second. set. Get a set. second
1: set. Well, right <laughs> downstairs here at the cathedral, our youth group has got some candles nice. for you. <laughs> yeah, excellent.
0: <laughs> so we we have the we have the Advent wreath every night night that we light for our evening prayer and this year we're doing a new devotion uh, it's called along the nativity trail and uh, it takes you through imagine aspects imagine this aspect of the, the things that are not maybe biblically spelt out that would have happened what it was it like when mary went to visit her cousin elizabeth mm-hmm. what was it you know those kind of thing it just stretches your imagination on how the story could have played out and that's been interesting some of my Children are having a little harder time with this weight, but that's not what, that's, that's hard, their, Mom. That's, their, their
1: meditation is a little distracting. So, for example, you have one that's in your mind that well, was kind of... So
0: it's interesting. The one that's probably caused the greatest controversy in my, amongst my children is usually the Annunciation is pictured in all of our art as during the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in this particular devotion, it challenges you to imagine if it was at night and if she had just woke up. She was just starting prayer in the morning kind of attitude, or maybe before she went to bed. It didn't necessarily specify if it was in the evening or if it was in the morning. But that Angel Gabriel comes and the brilliance of this angel appearing in the night Mm -hmm. and how that must have, I guess, been an awe-filled moment. And so I thought, well, you know, I kind of like this. Because even if it did happen during the day or even we don't really perceive the Annunciation as being so brilliant and bright, light-wise, mm-hmm. but when you picture it at night, it gives you a much clearer vision of how bright an angel appearing could have been.
1: Yeah. No, that's really interesting. I remember a piece of art, a beautiful, striking piece of art from the Renaissance. It was in Venice and in the museum, and I can't remember the artist, but um, but the angel Gabriel is breaking through the roof of the house of, of Mary. and. And so there's wood shattering, there's hay oh, wow. flying, um, and the beams are breaking, and here's the angel busting through the roof, and, the, and Mary is just like in her bed with astonishment. And again, like you said, the brilliance of the angel depicted there is just like, I mean, yeah, for whatever, however, it Actu- must have it ca- it, yeah. happened that Mary's astonishment could yeah. not have, you know, it's hard to capture, I it think, is. In our own, and understand it it in our own hearts that God through his angels standing there in front of you or above you
0: speaking to you. speaking to you and asking you this this question that you know is going to change history sure. like this moment mankind's moment mm-hmm. of victory is upon them yeah
1: no that's that's great the great devotion's uh, so, i'm just walking through the you know the Jesse yeah. tree devotion's yeah. the history of salvation the working of of god's plan throughout
0: well it's it's beautiful and this particular devotion has a poster that goes with it and so you have a sticker or a the token every day that you put onto the trail and you you're walking with them through the Holy land. And it mm. and it's like a countdown to Christmas, but it's, it's so great. A nice visual aid. So that, that's how we are doing. No, some no things.
1: chocolate behind each day. No.
0: <laughs> now the four younger ones do have, they do have chocolate advent, advent calendars.
1: calendars. Okay. And then of
0: course the St. Andrew's prayer.
1: Yeah. Okay. We do
0: that every day. So,
1: nice.
0: well, we have someone on the line. Um, so we have, Adam from Sioux Falls. Adam, are you there? Yes, I am. Adam, do you have a question for Father? I do. Uh,
1: I called. uh, There weren't any calls coming in, so I thought I'd throw this one out there. Um, I heard uh, Father Park, I think Mitch Park, I think it was him, uh, he had an answering session, and he uh, was asked about, was God capable of doing anything, and his answer was, I believe, something like God is capable of doing anything that is not contradictory to logic. So my question for Father is, can God change the rules of logic? Can God change the rules of logic? You no, know, Adam, thank you for that question. You know, when John the Apostle, John the Evangelist, begins his... Um, his gospel, and we call it the prologue, that uh, first chapter of John's gospel. He uses the the word for the word made flesh, the word was made for flesh. the The Greek term is uh, logos, um, and, and that really says both the word for logos is also the word for logic, the word for reason, uh, the word for the word. Right. So the logic of God is made manifest in His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Um. That and that God in His wisdom and his logic, the ways of, of the world, um, has structured the world with this order, right? And, and order also has the, the Greek term cosmos, right? The cosmos of the world, the order of the world. Um, and the enemy wants to bring so chaos into that to disrupt the logic uh, of God's order. Um, and so um, I think because God creates out of his own being, the logic of his own being, that everything participates in the very being of God, um, that, uh, that God is acting in concert with his, his own being. And what do we know? Again, St. John, going to St. John's letters, um, he tells us something very positive about this logic of God. God is love. So the logic of God interiorly within his, the processions of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a logic of love. And so that's the logic that he reveals in his creation. That's the logic that he reveals in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, that's, that's the whole logic of the very heart of all being is the logic of love. Um, and so could God change that? Um, it seems to me, you know, and again, just on a philosophical level, that God would not be contrary to himself. Right? He would not be contrary to himself. So if he were to go against You know that very thing he would not be god he would not be acting out of his very being um because it's the enemy we see throughout um all of salvation history is the one that wants to change the logic he wants to disrupt the logic he wants to go contrary to the logic of love um and and bring about his own chaos his own disorder um his own separation of us from god and from the logic of God, which is the logic of love. So that would be my answer, that there's a consistency in the being of God that he reveals in creation and salvation, and it would not be God who would act to be contrary to himself. Is that, does that help a little bit? Yeah. Huh. outstanding. No. Thank, well, thank you, Thanks, Adam. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. So Good.
0: Yeah, well, if you want to be like Adam and call in at 877 795 0122 our lovely office staff will take your phone call and get you on the line for us now tomorrow we are celebrating a Solemnity. Yeah, I was going to say a, a holy day, but... It is a holy day. It is a holy day, but not a holy day of obligation. Well, it depends where
1: you are, I unless think. Unless you're are in there, Sioux Falls. Unless you're the Sioux Falls diocese, <laughs> where they have, you know, they have lifted that dispensation from attendance at masses on Sundays and holy days.
0: So, the Immaculate Conception is probably one of the most misunderstood
1: Yeah, we should doctrines. have a little... You know, instant poll from our listeners. Yeah, yeah. You know, the immaculate conception has to do with the birth, the conception of Jesus, the conception of Joseph, the conception of Mary, or the conception <laughs> of Saint John the the Baptist. Put your answer in now: A, B, C, or D, <laughs> or none of the above, or all of the above. Yeah, no, no it's all call in
0: a, with a question. Call <laughs> in with a question,
1: but yeah, oftentimes. And you know, the funny thing is, just for our listeners to. You know, relieve the stress and the, you know, uh, the confusion is, yeah, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary conceived without original sin in the womb of her mother, Anne. But on tomorrow's solemnity, what gospel do we read? The Gospel of the Annunciation. So Mary conceiving, conceiving Jesus in her womb. But that, it brings up a good question. What does the Immaculate Conception teach us? Is this about Mary or yes. is it about Jesus? In one sense, it's about Mary, but primarily it's about Jesus, right? Um, we, the Immaculate Conception, our understanding of the Immaculate Conception maintains the integrity of Jesus becoming fully man, taking on a full human nature, um, that he really does become incarnate. Um, and so understanding that he really takes on flesh from the Blessed Virgin Mary what kind of flesh can he take on? Remember, all of our human flesh is tainted right, with the stain of... Original sin. Original sin. And so, so can Mary, if 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 Jesus is going to take her flesh, really take flesh in her womb, right? Really take on a human nature. Not pretend, not, you know, some kind of vision, not some kind of, you know, right, trick, right. you know, divine trick. But really become incarnate of flesh. Can he take on flesh?
0: He stay- would have to take it all
1: on. He take it all on and... He, God cannot intermingle with sin. sin. So the flesh of the Blessed Virgin Mary cannot have sin. How is that possible? Well, God, through the redemption of her son, applies that redeeming graces to her at her very conception, so that she is conceived without original sin, so that in her flesh, should she say yes, and this is all part of that great mystery of salvation, and God's providence, should she say yes, that she would be able to receive the Holy Spirit, the power that would overshadow her and conceive in her womb the Son of God.
0: Well, she had to be the spotless temple to house our Lord, you know, a tabernacle, the, the tabernacle. spotless tabernacle for Him. And I mean, it, to me, it there's logic again. The love, God's love, played out so perfectly, with, but yet greatly dependent on Mary's yes.
1: Greatly depends free
0: will you know. expressed in the greatest form of love possible, and it all just kind of makes you step back and say, Wow, he really does love us!
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's I think it's Saint Bernard of Clairvaux or one of those homilies uh, on the Annunciation where he uh, is saying, The whole world waits upon your response, Mary. And he really, dra- you know, really plays out, teases out this moment of will she say yes or not? There's this dialogue going on, and the whole world waits. The whole world, salvation depends upon your answer, Mary. Why do you delay, Mary? Yes, answer the angel <laughs> for us and for the world. For us, because yeah. she
0: did. She answered for us.
1: She answers for us, and you know, we say that you know she's the model disciple. Because why? Why is Mary the model disciple? Because she says yes to God's will. When the Father speaks to her, um, she is open to the movement of the Holy Spirit within her, and she brings forth the image of Christ. First and foremost, we hear St. Augustine say that she conceives of, of God within her heart before she conceives of God within her womb. And so each one of us like Mary, can conceive God, receive God, and allow Him to take possession of our hearts and minds, allow the grace of the Holy Spirit, so that we might live in communion with Christ and manifest, re- right. reveal Christ to the world um, like our mother.
0: It's beautiful to have this feast day in Advent coming up to when Christ does, join, you know, does come into the world in a, for all to adore Him, not just Mary, sheltering him in her in her tabernacle protecting him and having those intimate months with just him and then now he's here and we all can adore and we can all you know bow our knee before our, our king our newborn king and i think how beautiful it is to remind us that that moment that opportunity for us to be with our lord and to connect with him came about because of mary's yes
1: yeah a teenage girl yeah Said yes I, I to could. God's plan for her life and ultimately for, <laughs> for the world's salvation.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, you have um, a couple of minutes if you want to call in at 877-795-0122. Also get on Facebook at Real Presence Radio Network. Look for Father's picture and comment on that. And Comment
1: please. on the picture?
0: Yeah, comment on the picture.
1: <laughs> I hope it's a good picture. I, I don't, don't know. Maybe don't we need know. to get on and yeah, look. Because, Let's see. Yeah, I was say well... <laughs>
0: It's very flattering. It's
1: a very flattering it's picture. Flattering. Yeah. It's good. Someone, You're good. Someone touched it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, you know, I don't see, you know, I don't see any lines in the background with your height or anything. Yeah, listed, yeah, there you, you know, go.
1: There you, know. you go. It's a very good picture. So. No, this is an exciting season of Advent. I, you know, I love, you know, as we were speaking about the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, you know, that's our, she's our national patron. Right. Right. The Basilica in Washington, D.C. is dedicated Beautiful to her. Beautiful place to be. Our nation is You know, consecrated and dedicated to the Immaculate Conception, Uh, the the college in the seminary in Rome uh, is the Immaculate Conception uh, Chapel and dedicated to Our Lady. Um, So, yeah, our country, you know, under the patroness. In a way, it's our kind of national celebration tomorrow of our patroness, the Immaculate Conception of Blessed Virgin Mary. So, all of uh, all of us in the United States, you know, look to Mary as our patroness for our country, and God knows. God knows for sure that we certainly need prayers in our country today as we move forward and seek to live out our, our faith uh, day in and day out. I mean, we really need to be saints. There's no other option today. No. I mean, uh, talking to our listeners and the people in my parish here, Um, We have a lot of concerns in the world today, not the least of these is the pandemic and the people that are suffering and sick, and those are stressed out because they're caring for others and loved ones, but the financial consequences, the social consequences, and the impact that it's had on our local parishes and dioceses are real, and so, um, but there's other hosts of other things, you know, in the world of politics, the world of economics, the world of culture, um, just education right the education right. of our children yep. both in the young people uh, and in those in graduate schools and colleges anyway the the numbers are, are are great um and so we can get really distracted and that's what i've seen a lot we get distracted by all of these things but what is the lord asking of us today you know, what does god want of us today and and Just like in every age, all the other ages of the church where there's been persecution or plague uh, or disruption politically or economically or socially, cultural changes, he asks us to be saints. And in those days, whether that's the first century or the 19th century, we've seen men and women, families, step up as. Rise up to the challenge. Rising up to the challenge to live faithful lives in Christ. Do change the culture, do change the political climate, do bring about healing and health because it's Christ. At work in us. And if we, if we try to do it our own, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. So, yeah, this call to holiness, this call to sanctity, this call to be saints. There's no other option. No. No other option in the world.
0: No, there know? isn't. Well, thank you, Father, for taking time to answer our questions today. Um, next time, we'll, we're going to get some more for you, Father, next time. I, I promise. So, up next, um, what are the mercy nights at the cathedral? Stay tuned to find out in our next interview. Stay with us here on Real Presence Live as we are enjoying this Monday in the second week of Advent with <laughs> beautiful weather. And I, I, if you're not having beautiful weather right now, I'm, I just, I'm sorry, It's. it's like 60 here. So thank you again for staying with us here on Real Presence Live.